Welcome everyone once again to Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101 where we have conversations with youth experts, youth ministers, uh, people who engage, empower, educate with youth and young adults today so that we can learn how to do it better by learning from one another. I am your host Eric Jean-Baptiste and I'm glad that you're still on this journey with me. So without further ado, let's get right into it. This is Youth Ministry and Mentorship Welcome back. I am joined today with Pastor David Craig, who is the Youth Director for the Arkansas-Louisiana Conference. How are you doing today, Pastor? Doing good, Eric. Thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, let's get, I'm glad you're doing great, and it's, uh, I'm blessed to have you on the show. Uh, I've been wanting to have you for yeah, a long time, I know. Uh, but it, it's great to have you. So, uh, let's get right into it and ask the first question I usually ask, which is, uh, what led you into where you are now uh, in youth ministry? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question, and uh, if it's, it's it's kind of a long response, if you don't mind, no it, it takes a little bit. Okay, uh, so you, you know, I I'm a PK myself, a pastor's kid. My dad's a pastor, and uh, you know, never wanted to be a pastor growing up myself. I you know, I just saw kind of what it entailed. Um, kind of the the stress levels, the different things that pastors had to endure. And I just never wanted to be that. My childhood dream actually was um, to eventually work for the FBI. Uh, that, that just was my goal, my dream, my aspiration uh, as a kid. Um, and, you know, always kind of um, thought of ways to make sure that my resume was stacked so that I can get into that field, uh, that line of, uh, of work. Um, and so I had it all planned out, you know, in college, I, I actually have two undergraduate degrees that are Nazi criminal justice and, and psychology. Um, you know, I did several internships with several police departments, juvenile detention services, all kinds of things. I was just trying to really enhance the resume. That, that's kind of all that encompassed me as far as my, my dream job. Um, but it was kind of along, you know, my college years where I was in the first couple of years strong, you know, doing what I needed to do. Uh, but every summer I would go work at summer camp to help pay for school. You know, it, they used to match back then 100% of what you would make. And so that was a big deal for me, especially because I was attending Southwestern Adventist University at the time. And um, so I ended up working every summer, you know, started kitchen staff, worked my way up and, you know, eventually became like boys director and things like that. And um, I loved it and it was a way to you know interact with kids i was kind of just always um by nature kind of quiet and, and shy but um you know it kind of helped bring me out a little bit of, of my shell i made new friends and things like that but 
um, you know, I was I was struggling inside during my college years. I, you know, didn't always have the greatest appearance at the time. And, you know, I, uh, you know, the, the clothes that I chose were questionable, of course. And, you know, I, I had really long hair down here. And, uh, you know, I uh, it just it, I don't know. I don't know what somebody would look at me and, and, and see any potential, you know. And but it happened that one summer um, kind of towards the end, it was um, kind of after my junior year and I had one year left to graduate with a double major. And I remember working at summer camp and the president of Texas conference at the time, his name was uh, Leighton Holly out there, Leighton Holly. Um, he came and dropped off his grandkids to, to work, uh, to, to be campers. And they were little, you know, and, and I saw him and I waved and, you know, he was there for a while. And, um, you know, he had observed some things that who knew, who, you know, who knew he was watching me or observing me. I, I didn't know at the time, but, um, you know, afterwards he comes up to me and he says, hey, David, you know, have you ever thought about being a youth pastor? I know your dad's worked in youth ministries. Uh, have you ever thought about that? And I'm like, no, you know, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm studying this. This is what I want to be. I want to be, in, you know, in the FBI. And he's like, well, I see a lot of potential in you. He's like, I, I think you, you know, you've worked well with kids. I've been watching you. You engage them. You, you're friendly. And he's like, I think you'd be effective, honestly. And, and you have potential. And, I was like, I thought it was just conversation. And I said, yeah, you know, appreciate it. Thank you. And trying to be nice back. And um, I didn't, I just kind of put it out of my mind. And I remember the day after summer camp finished, because, you know, it's about five, five, six weeks, six weeks later, five, you know, four, five, six weeks later, um, literally the day after summer camp ended, I was driving on the way back home and he calls on the phone and he says, hey, David, have you thought about any more of what I've been telling you when I, for our conversation? I was like, oh, no, I, I didn't know you were serious. You know, like I thought it's just kind of like conversation. And he said, no, I'm serious. I think you have a lot of potential. Have you thought about being a youth pastor or something? I'm like, wow, no, you know, not really. And and I didn't want to tell him at the time. But I at the same time that summer at camp, I had started to have some feelings of doubt as if that's what I wanted to do, the whole FBI thing. And I'm like, why now? Like during my junior year, I'm almost done. Why now am I having these doubts of, is this really what you want to do? And I started, it's funny because after that, I kind of, um, I had an internship lined up with a police department, Fort Worth on the east side of Fort Worth, which is not a good neighborhood. And, um, I, you know, I saw some things that summer, right after summer camp, that I saw some things there that really turned me off to some of the things in that field. Um, and, you know, that conversation with Elder Holly timed with, you know, that point in my life where I was doubting and questioning and didn't know how to tell my parents that, hey, you know, I know you're helping me with school and but I don't want to do what I want, what I told you I want to do. And this degree may be kind of pointless after all. And But God was opening that door. And I know Elder Holly kept persisting and, and you know, he he made sure that I that he really knew that, he, that I really knew that that he saw something in me. And I remember he told me, he's like, well, you know, David, are you sure you don't want to give it a try? I was like, no, I don't want to. And and he's like, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, why don't you just student pastor? He's like, you still have a year left in college. Why don't you just be a student pastor? Um, you know, you, I can put you at a local church. You can just try it out. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm not a public speaker. I was the type of kid that, you know, in high school, I would not do my speeches very well. I would avoid them if I could. Uh, I, in college at Southwestern, I found a loophole to avoid a speech class and I had to take a drama class, but didn't have to, you know, talk in front of people. So that, that was great. Um, 
so you know i it just didn't i was like no i can't do it i mean it's not going to be good and the one thing is funny because how god turns bad intentions into good things the one thing that triggered me to accept the student pastoring option was the fact that elder holly is like well you know if you do this we'll give you a small little stipend for you know as a college student that's huge i mean it wasn't a whole lot it was just a couple hundred bucks a, a month you know but for a college student especially back like at that time, it, I mean, that was a big deal. I was like, yeah, I need the money. Yeah, sign me up. I was like, I'll learn how to preach. I'll learn how to talk later. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny because that last year there, I ended up falling in love with ministry, just doing it. You know, I, it's funny because you're like thinking about it. You're like looking from the outside. You don't know if you like it or not or if you're good at it or if you are called to it. But once I got in there and was involved and started doing it, I realized how much I enjoyed it and how fulfilling it was and how much of an impact it made. Um, and so I, I was doing it for several months and I remember telling Elder Holly, I'm like, Elder Holly, I, I actually am starting to like this and I really like it. And But what do I do? I was like, I don't have a degree in theology. I, I'm about to finish with these two other degrees. But I, I, I really feel like maybe God's opening a door for me to change change course and go to ministry. And, and he says, you know, don't worry about it. We'll, you know, like, God will open doors if, if this is where he wants you to be. And turns out I was finishing up and the pastor, I was student pastoring at, you know, at the Burleson church under Larry Moore, who's our union president. Now, you know, he always jokes. He's like, you're, you're my favorite intern, David. He always tells me, but uh, you know, he, um, he was working with me and that he had a, another associate pastor at that church. And that associate pastor was transitioning out right when I was trying to graduate. And so they ended up, having an open spot there. And, you know, I had gotten to know the church and, and worked well with Pastor Moore and things. And it was kind of a seamless transit transition into ministry that way. And they hired me part-time as a, as a pastor there. And man, I ended up taking some Greek and Hebrew at the same time while I was, you know, doing my, uh, you know, intern, interning there and I ended up going to seminary because I never felt equipped even before that. I was like, man, I'm, I'm pastoring yet, but I don't have the skills, the tools that I need to be effective in ministry. And uh, fortunately, I was sponsored by the Texas Conference to attend seminary where I was a track two student. Obviously, you know, that's the kind that has to take extra credits because I did a different undergrad, 107 credits at Andrews University. And um, but after that, I, I was happy and, and, you know, I felt like now I have the tools that I need to be the minister that God has called me to be. And that's kind of just a, a long, you know, synopsis or a long version of to answer your question, Eric. But that's how my journey came to be to get into ministry. Yes, yes. I, I never mind the long story because even uh, it's, it's just a joy to listen to it myself. It, the, your testimony is so powerful because I, I always practically hear this. If you anybody who's listening, who's listened to past episodes, what I usually happens when I ask this story, the pastor always says, I had no plans on, especially if they were a PK. They were like, I had no plans because I saw how tough it was for my father to be a pastor. I was like, no way for me. But then when God says, no, this is what you're called to be, he's going to open so many doors. And wow, literally a conference president came up to you, not only said, hey, I think this is your calling. He actually called you the next day, open yeah. doors, give you, you know, uh, he even mentioned a stipend, all these things that yeah. 
I know a lot of people when they want to be in ministry are like wishing they could have. Yeah, and here you got true. it. So wow, yeah. God is amazing, and He doesn't let you like run. He can let He lets you run away, but He lets you, He doesn't let you run away without you knowing that He's pointing you somewhere. Yeah. So oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we also know, uh, Pastor David, that you were. Uh, the associate youth director for Texas Conference be before becoming the Arkansas, Louisiana youth director. Uh, can you let us know how it was being an associate youth director at Texas Conference? That huge, huge conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a monster conference. And it's funny because, you know, Arkansas, Louisiana, we're a small conference. I, I think, you know, as far as like membership, we're like a fifth of Texas conferences, even though we encompass two states. So it's, it's completely different. But in, in that short time, uh, as the associate in Texas, I learned quite a bit, you know, just kind of getting my feet wet into youth ministries uh, at the conference level, what that's like, um, what are kind of the responsibilities. I, you know, in a way I look back and I'm like, even if it was a short stint, I was only there. Uh, it was, man, it was probably a little over a year that I was there. Um, but in that short stint, it was enough to get exposed, to kind of see how it works, to kind of um, see the expectations, what the job entails in order to prepare me for, what God called me next, which is uh, where I'm at now. But in that year, it was it was great because I was working with um, the current youth director in Texas, Paulo Tenorio. He, you know, he had been there several years already, and he, you know, he was a good uh, friend to me, and he is still to, to this day. I call him up sometimes and ask for resources or, or you know ask him questions. Um, and so it was good to learn from him. Um, you know, the the you know ended up following kind of Gary Blanchard. Gary Blanchard, you know, left and Paulo uh, Tenodia moved up and I came as associate. So it was nice because I, I could call Gary up too, Gary uh, Blanchard, Armando. So it, it's kind of a, it, it's kind of cool because I had good mentors. I had good people who I could reach out to there. It's a big conference. Um, but at the same time, I know I'm not alone. A lot of prayer and a lot of depending on on people who, who have done it longer than I have. So it was a good experience for me, to be honest. Um, and I think now it's good because it's getting I'm getting the other perspective, you know, the large conference, you know, we ha had a bigger budget, you know, I could spend a little more freely in Texas when I was there. Um, you know, here in the smaller conference, it's, it's different. I'm learning, I'm having to do things I didn't have to over there. Um, less of a budget, you know, you have to squeeze every penny you have to, um, I, you know, even here I've had to learn new skills, um, maintain and develop website skills. <laughs> I run our own website. I do our own videos. Uh, graphics, photoshopping. And so it, it's interesting how God gives you the ability to learn different skill sets and the different roles that you're in. Um, and so for me, every every stop, you know, including that one in Texas and up to here, it, it's been kind of a growth process for sure. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's awesome. It's, it's interesting to see, you know, how every environment is different. But uh, one thing that you did mention in there is the support system. Um, <laughs> how you said you leaned on Paulo Tenorio, Armando, Pastor Gary, all these youth professionals that we know and I've interviewed and talked with as well. Um, yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit more on how important it is to have those mentors slash colleagues in ministry, especially in youth ministry, where you can bounce ideas off of or ask for advice and things like that. Yeah, for me, it's crucial. And and all those guys ha have taught me quite a bit. 
Um, there's other people as well. Um, I, you know, I even nowadays I, I, I contact different youth directors for for advice and for different things. And so it's definitely something that I feel like we all need to have to be able to get perspective to always to kind of see a different side of things. Um, and you know, sometimes we feel like, oh man, why am I going through this? But we forget that some of these guys have gone through that as well, and they can give us pointers and tips. Um, and it doesn't even have to be um, youth directors all the time. I've learned a lot from there in Texas when I was um, um, the associate youth director, my administrative assistant. She's done it, been in the youth department for so long. Her name is Deborah Jinky, and she she has a lot of knowledge as well. And and it's okay. I mean, it doesn't have to. You don't have to look at it as, hey, I'm up here and you guys are down here or anything like that. I'm. I think the key is learning from whoever you can in the you know in the context that they. Um, can provide for you. Um, one of the cool things here um, where I'm at now is that the former youth director, um, he is now the ministerial director in our own conference. So he's right down the hall, man, like you're right up the stairs. And so like, if I get stuck with a certain situation, I, I mean, he's he's a mentor that's in my own building. Um, it's not like he's a youth director that came before me that went somewhere else. He's here. And so I think it's wise to be able to bounce things off of, especially if you have access or you have, a, a, you know, their contact info, if they're in your building. I mean, it's, it takes no, I mean, it, it's not a burden to just walk down the, the hallway and say, hey, I'm struggling with this, or how did you do this, or how would you deal with this situation? Um, I, you know, it just goes back to the biblical principle that, you know, there's wisdom in, in, in multitude. It's not, you know, like I have all the wisdom and it, it's about reaching out to others, you know, and, and seeing how you guys can help each other. Um, and so for me, it, it's been super beneficial to all those guys, all these ladies that I've been able to work with and, and, and get to know, uh, to be able to learn from, from them and, and see how they have successfully uh, done it for much longer than I have, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Great, great. I love that. I think that having a great amount of people to listen to and learn from it really increases your skill set because you can yeah. get so many experiences from other people and it, it just helps you so much. And that's why one of the reasons I have this podcast, so I can listen to yeah. youth leaders from all around the world, give their story, what they've struggled with, and it, it really uh, prepares you for whatever may come your way. Uh, so speaking of struggles, it is currently March 2021. We have been in a, a pandemic for about a year now. I think it's, yeah. it's been a year since uh, things started changing. Uh, I remember we were at uh, one team, yeah. Yeah, 2020, and that was basically the last event I ever got to yeah. be around a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. After that, it was everybody's virtual, Zoom, uh, yep. all these kinds of things. And especially in youth ministry, that has been a challenge. So my question to you is, how have you been faring um, in youth ministry during this pandemic? Yeah, it's, it's uh, not going to lie, it's been a challenge. Um, I, I think um, trying to stay um, connected with everyone, it it, it it's become a difficult task this past year for sure. Um, you do what you can, you know, it's a lot of people are like, hey, you know, uh, Pastor David, can you, you know, do this for our young people? And, and you know, we, I do what I can for sure, but I said, hey, you know, like, 
how about we connect together and, and see because um, if there's no buy-in or no um, encouragement from the local church, it's hard for me to just come in there and, and take over or do whatever. But I, I feel like that partnership is key, you know, connecting with the local church still, even though it has to be maybe virtual or some other form of creative ministry, but just kind of keeping that tie with the local church and saying, hey, we still care about your young people. I'm here. You know, let me know how I can help, what I can do. Um, you know, my, my traveling schedule of preaching has, you know, the, the, over the past year, it's slowed down significantly. Hardly any youth events. We've had to be creative with how we do things. But one thing that it's, that's still there um, in the minds of young people, even though they may, some of them may disengage, some of them may be, you know, suffering through depression and anxiety and those things. But something that I've noticed is still kind of there in our young people is the desire to somehow um, minister to others, um, you know, kind of like what this more compassion thing is all about, you know, being the hands and feet of Jesus. How can we do that in, in a creative way? And something that I, um, that we started here in our conference at the beginning of the pandemic, and we've actually done it for two semesters now, is um, our camp staff from last year um, began tutoring some of our students from our conference and even a few from outside of our conference online because, you know, when school shut down, um, it, it it was kind of a, it threw all of, a lot of families for a loop and, and a lot of students got behind in the, the, their work. And so there was a need there to minister to students um, who could use a little bit of extra boost in school. And so we started a, a tutoring ministry um, with our camp staff to where, you know, every week now, basically, there's there's a good amount of kids that are, our staff has been tutoring the last two semesters. And, you know, we've had, you know, a blessing from that. Many parents have said, you know, thank you so much. We, you know, we really needed this. My kid was, you know, really behind, you know, once COVID hit and we, we didn't go back to school for a while. Um, and, I, and the young people, they've, they've found fulfillment. They've found a sense of, hey, we want to be able to still help. Even though summer camp last year had to go virtual for us, they wanted to still connect with the families. They still wanted to connect with the campers, some of our, you know, two T's are campers and stuff like that. And so being creative is kind of one thing that we've kind of all had to deal with um, during the pandemic. How do we minister? Because we can't just sit and do nothing. It needs to look different, but how, how can we still reach people? How can we still, you know, show them that we care? And so I, overall, while there's still um, some disengagement, some, you know, people who are disheartened and depressed, I, I got to say, God's found ways to, to bless our young people in the midst of that and, and found ways to use them to bless others, for sure. Wow. Yeah, it's it's awesome that, yeah, like like you said, I, I've noticed it as well, where it's even though it's so difficult because we're not in person, you don't get that physical eye contact and verbal conversation, sure. but there's still a desire in our young people. And I think that's where us as youth leaders have to still have that enthusiasm and yeah. Um, yeah. excitement to reach them because if we just find the right kind of program yeah. or something like that that we can still yeah. use virtually they'll they'll flock to it they'll be excited yeah. about it uh yeah. I, I witnessed it with virtual honors and things like that yeah. so uh yeah it, tutoring that's a an awesome ministry because uh, that is definitely a need. <laughs> I know uh, with the pandemic, people were all having issues with virtual school and the parents have to be home and actually be teachers as well. 
which yeah. put a lot of stress. Uh, I experienced Absolutely. it a little bit with my son. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. That, that's awesome. And, um, yeah. but uh, Pastor, we, we talking about the pandemic, but let's go to a little, let's go back in time to a little happier time before okay. we had to do all the social distancing. As you guys, anybody who's watching the video could see I have uh, the BTP logo, Believe the Promise, yeah. Uh, yeah. 2024, uh, Gillette, Wyoming, no longer Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Um, but 2019, it was chosen. And I'm sure you were there as a, 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 a small city of Pathfinders came together in Oshkosh, Wisconsin to listen to the story of David, uh, do drilling and marching competitions, visit, uh, do compassion projects in the town, uh, just enjoy one another in fellowship. Uh, what was your experience going there and how did you think that event benefited your Pathfinder? Yeah, believe, believe it or not, that was my first experience going to a, a Oshkosh International Camporee ever. Uh, you know, and was pastoring before that and just hadn't got the opportunity to do it. And it was in seminary one year when, when they went to, to do it and couldn't make it. I think I was taking a, a class. So this was my first one and didn't know what to expect. I was learning and I had just got to this conference, Arkansas, Louisiana. I was here for four months. Um, and so it, it was it was definitely a, a whirlwind of emotion there. Um, but for for our Pathfinders, it was it was great. You know, the ones that got to go, they were super excited. We, you know, again, our conference is small. So, we, you know, our group of our conference amount of Pathfinders was probably about 300. So, you know, we, we, we didn't have a ton of people. So it was easy to kind of keep track. We're all kind of in the, in the, all together, basically. So that's a nice thing. Uh, back in Texas, I can't imagine trying to keep up with, you know, 5,000 people. But uh, for the 300, it was great. You know, a lot of them were new, uh, new Pathfinders got, getting to experience Oshkosh for the first time. Um, praise the Lord, everybody was safe arriving there. Um, everybody had a blast with all the activities. They loved the worship programs. So, man, they, they would rave about it. We had actually um, 11 of our young people, our Pathfinders, get baptized while they were there at Oshkosh. So that was awesome. I even got to do some of the baptisms, which was really cool, um, you know, I, and how God worked that way. And some of the pastors um, for our, from our churches are very supportive of youth ministry. They, they came along. Um, some of the pastors got to baptize their own kids from, from, from their church, which is really neat. And so for us, you know, praise the Lord, everybody was safe. Everybody had fun for our small group of 300. We, you know, we, we can't complain. It was a blast. Uh, you know, God kept, uh, you know, overall good weather. You know, I know at the end there it was kind of crazy, <laughs> but for the most part, it was good. I got to meet a lot of people. You know, they love their their patches and pin trading. Like that's their thing. So, I mean, I know a lot of them were, were having a blast walking around, finding a lot of things to trade. So. But yeah, they, they had a good time. They were blessed for sure. And, and they're already looking forward to Gillette Campery for the next one. Awesome. Awesome. That's exciting because uh, we can't wait for that. We are praying that uh, the vaccine is out, but we are continually yeah. praying because now we know that anything can happen. <laughs> but we're yeah. continually praying that, that by then we will be able to uh, be all together in person and um Praising the Lord together, so that that's gonna be fun, and uh, it will be good to see you again, Pastor David. In yeah, person. you too, man. 
Yeah. So, uh, so fast, David. Going back to your conference, um, it's a pandemic, and I it, another role of youth director is to be a resource to the local church in youth ministry. So, what is your advice to the local church that is really they were struggling even before the pandemic? You know, really engaging with their youth and young adults, but now with it being virtual and Zoom, they're really struggling. What yeah. is your advice to that church youth director, that church elder, uh, that church pastor on how to really get them excited and engaged in the church programming to hear about Jesus? Yeah, it, and that's a that's a tough one, you know, and, and I, I would say, you know, I know it's cliche when he you know hears this, but you know a lot of prayer has to go into it. That's just the bottom line. Um, you know, you you gotta get on your knees. You gotta you know uh, talk to the Lord about how to get um, you know the right um, kind of thoughts and, and wisdom into your head to be able to minister. Every every church is different. Every young every uh, context in ministry is different. And so you know what works for one church may not work for another. So I, I, but I think for the leaders, it's important to to not be afraid. Kind of like we we're talking about the leaning upon others. I, I think it's important that we lean upon each other for help. You know, maybe I may be struggling in my local church, and I'm thinking, how can I reach? Nothing seems to be working. Uh, it should be that we collaborate in ministry to the point where I can reach out to the to my sister church that's in the next town over and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm, I'm stuck here. You know, what do you, what are some of the things you're doing? Can you help me? Call the conference office. Like, you know. Um, call the youth director, you know, we have resources too, but I think just kind of being able to connect with each other, even if it's virtual on phone, learning from each other. I know, I know a lot of, um, several of my churches and clubs have watched what um, your union is doing there with the, with the, uh, with the honors online. Some of them have even gone on there and done some stuff. And I mean, just to be able to collaborate and learn from each other and be able to help each other. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a huge key. I don't, I think it would kill this is a lot of times we, we don't want to, we look at other churches as competing, you know what I mean? Like, oh man, if they do something cool, I don't want to tell them about it because then they are my young people are not going to come back or, you know, I don't want to ask them for help because then they're going to know I'm struggling. I, I think we need to get rid of that mindset and just think, listen, you know, we're all trying to get the young people to the kingdom. It doesn't matter what church they go to or if they like a program better, it's how can we be more effective? And I think just to be able to reach out to each other to be able to say, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get new ideas. It's okay to ask somebody if I can use their template or bother, or, you know, like even if I, you know, bother them, so to speak, like even if we feel like they may be so busy, it's okay to ask and say, hey, I know we're just a church over here. Do you have a few minutes to spend some time with our young people? I think just kind of breaking those barriers and building those bridges with each other is the most effective way to, to be able to effectively reach our young people. Pastor, that is an awesome, beautiful answer. And uh, pardon me, but I have to give a little shout and a a little uh, diatribe myself on this because what you said is something I've noticed as well. And it's something that we, we need to change the mindset. The whole churches and competition, I think that's something that's really hurting uh, our local churches and the fact that if a, lo- a church over here is doing something really amazing, instead of saying, w- w- instead of saying praise the Lord that they're doing something yeah. amazing, 
we get a little upset because we're afraid there are young people will leave to that church. Uh, yeah. And I, I say it's not a competition. It's all yeah. here to praise yeah. the Lord and to learn about God. So I say yeah. you, you pray for that church, you support that church, uh, find out what you can do well, and you know, it, and it'll all work out. I think if if uh, Judah was upset that he wasn't Joseph, then he we would miss the story of how he's the interceder. While Joseph yeah. is, you know, the prince and the king of, you know, so like it, it, we have to we have to be yeah. accepting of what God has given us and be yeah. the best at it instead of worrying about whatever people are doing, because then we can yeah. actually grow together. You know, like yeah. uh, a, another example is Jonathan and David. If Jonathan, you know, was jealous like Saul and was trying to become yeah. king instead of just the, you know, support to David. What a different story that would have been, but man, yeah, yeah. I I think I think it's really important that we start. Uh, and also, I want to say this as well because I've noticed this in certain uh, cultures and churches, um, not wanting to utilize the resources of the youth department in the yeah. conference. And yeah. I and I have personally seen that they are there as a resource. They are there to help. They have so many volunteers and area coordinators, youth coordinators. Um, they have pr professionals, you know, uh, who are ready to go to help your church, your local church in youth yeah. ministry. So if you're struggling in it, especially now in the pandemic, do not hesitate to reach out to your local youth department so that they, uh, your conference local youth department, so that you can get those resources they're there to help. So. I just had to get that off my chest, Pastor David, because no, that's good. That, so yeah, that's a, I appreciate that. Yeah, because a lot of people don't take advantage, and you know, it's it's not like we have a, a ton of money or resources, but we, you know, it's been amazing. Those who ask tend to receive something. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you have not because you ask not, and it, it's just one of those things. The worst you can get is no, or hey, here I can point you. I can't buy it for you, but here's a, a link, or or here's you know somebody to contact. But I, it's, it goes back to the, at least, you know, trying, you know, it, it, the worst thing you can get is, uh, no, I can't make it or no, I can't, I don't have anything. But what if they do? What if, they, what if their resources are there to be had? You know, what a, what a difference they could make. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yes. Yes. And uh, I am I, the first to admit on this podcast that I have benefited greatly from reaching out to those resources, not only from <laughs> my own union and conference but yeah. other conferences yeah and that's one of the reasons why i love having these conversations because now i know if i ever visit arkansas louisiana yeah i have a a colleague in pastor david who i can visit and he probably yeah. might purchase me a lunch and i wouldn't have to worry about lunch because <laughs> yeah, right. he might hook me up i will i would i would definitely do that see i'm gonna hold you to that yeah <laughs> all right so, uh, Pastor David, uh, thank you so much for being on this podcast. It was awesome to hear your story. Uh, what really stood out to me was the fact that, and because I always mention this on this podcast about the importance of empowering youth and young adults, and your story really exemplifies uh, a leader, a someone of influence, empowering you, seeing your potential. Yeah listening to the Holy Spirit talk to him and say, you know what, I'm going to put myself out on the line. 
and I'm going to empower this guy. And that was so powerful that a, a, a conference president recognized your potential and, and chased you down, basically. Chased you down. Yeah. Because you it's thought true. the first time he talked to you, you thought he was, you know, just doing small talk. It was a joke. But he called you. He 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 set it up for you. So he basically yeah. gave you like like the Godfather, you know, an offer you couldn't refuse. Yeah, yeah. And let me throw okay. this in here, Eric. Let me throw this in here because yeah. it's, it, it's important that it, and and the importance of not writing not writing people off or not judging too prematurely. Because like I said, like it, during that time when he saw me, I did I I didn't look the part at all. Um, I looked like you know somebody that was. Doing some bad stuff, but at the same time, you know, like I, I try to implement that into my mentality. I always put that in perspective when I see a young person, because even at you know working at summer camp, every summer I have you know staff that I oversee, and not gonna lie, there's a staff you know every year that's like, oh, that person gets on my nerves, you know, or like he's not a hard worker, or, or man, I just don't see a whole lot for him. But then I think back to my own story. What if that conference president that chose me or, or saw something in me, what if he would have just written me off, you know, like, oh, look at him, look how he looks, look how he dresses, look how he speaks, then where would I be? And so in my mentality is like, man, when I see a young person that I may not, I may not, he may rub me the wrong way or may, I may be critical if, you know, of something they do, I need to check myself and say, that was me several years ago. That was me and I can't treat him in a different manner that Elder Holly treated me. That's that's not Christ-like. And so imagine the difference I could make in their life, possibly through the help of God, if if I just change my attitude when I think about that young person. Um, so for me, that's <laughs> I think God, you know, He uses those lessons and and He transformed my life. But also that sticks with me every day now as I interact with young people. You know, what do I see? Don't. Be critical. Don't let those thoughts into my mind. Look at them the way the Elder Holly looked at me and see the potential. See how God can use me to impact them in a positive way. So, Wow. Beautiful. So, Pastor Craig, I'm just going to give it off to you for another words of encouragement, as I usually do on this podcast. I give it to the guests to give some words of encouragement. Um, and let's stay in that vein. Uh, there are youth leaders that are writing some young people off. Do you have some words of encouragement to remind them to not do that so that yeah. they can be empowered and have an opportunity to yeah. uh, use what God has given them to spread the gospel? Yeah, it, it's, you know, definitely don't write people off. And I think one thing is I don't underestimate your influence as well. There's There's many times where we were working with young people. Sometimes we don't see the fruit of our labor. Sometimes we get discouraged and we're like, man, nobody cares. Nobody, you know, I'm not thanked enough or, or nobody even notices. Um, but it's amazing how you don't know what difference you're making. There's been many times and back when, when I was in uh, college and high school working at summer camp, it's amazing how many campers at that time who were like little seven, eight, nine-year-old cup campers um, who find you nowadays. So they, they found me, they, you know, that I've had campers find me in the last year or something and, and they see me um, somewhere, whether it's at a university or something, they're like, hey, Pastor Craig, Pastor David. And uh, I'm like, who's that young person? And I, I don't know who that is. And have, you know, and they're like, hey, you were my counselor or, or, you know, you were my church leader. 
and you may not recognize them and but they tell you that story hey i, re I always remember when you did this i have a camper who was always like who remembers the, the smallest things he's like i, I remember uh david that uh, you used to work in the cafeteria and you'd always give me an extra little Debbie snack treat uh, for, for dessert. He's like, I always remember that. Um, so just kind of just know that, you know, you, we may not be thanked all the time. We may not be um, valued and you may be to the point where you're stressed out and, and don't see a lot of fruit of your, your labors. But God knows and young people know and they remember things and um, you may not get thanked immediately, but you may get thanked later down the road. And so it's a rewarding ministry. I would just say to any young leader, uh, uh, youth leader, hang in there, keep working for God. I, God appreciates it. I, I know it's a privilege to be in ministry and, and it's our job to do the best that we can to lead the young people to him.